Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the newest edition of the Pump Fake. I'm Jared Bailey from USA Today. And joining me today is the wonderful Amy Trask, author of You Negotiate Like a Girl, CBS Sports. It's great to see you as always, Amy, as you hear a just the loudest truck in the history of existence in the background driving past my home. It always happens. The minute you start on the radio or a podcast or doing a TV hit from home, that's when the Department of Water and Power starts drilling. That's yes, when the trucks yes. go by. The only thing you need to worry about with me is if an ice cream truck goes by while we're on, I may ditch you while I chase the ice cream truck down the street. Understandably so. And I wouldn't blame you for doing it. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a hot day in Pennsylvania. I want to say it is the hottest day of the year, actually, so wow. far. So, I mean, I've got, yeah, I've got windows open and everything just because I, I don't like being too warm, but I don't want it to be, you know, freezing, freezing cold in my house either. So we'll, we'll work with the elements that we have at our disposal. We sure will. And speaking of Pennsylvania, since I'm in California, let's mm. just note for those who are listening, we figured it out. We did the time zone thing. <laughs> Took us a few times, but we got it done. That is always the biggest pain in the butt when you know you're on different time zones and whatnot. You gotta correlate things. Um, being in like the Eastern time zone and whatnot, I feel like that's the one that people most like when when I ask people like, "Hey, okay, you want to?" Okay, 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 okay. I'm interrupting because our okay. friendship might end right this minute. <laughs> right this minute and i'm sorry to interrupt you actually i'm that's not okay. sorry to interrupt you on this one because you see that's the point and that is why whenever i am on social media or the radio or television and someone uses east coast time zone i immediately change it to california because let me tell you something we have a time zone too we're out here on the west coast which we like to call west coast best coast and everybody wants to use east coast time zone 30 years in the nfl Every single communication I got was on East Coast time zone. I changed it to California and sent it back to the NFL. Now I do the same thing with CBS communications. This is why I annoy people. I uh, I think it'd be a lot more fun if we just like made like mountain time zone just the standard at this point, just to really throw people off. Or Hawaii time zone. There's six hours oh, behind okay. Eastern time zone. Well, you know what's interesting about Hawaii time zone is part of the year there's there well see I'm going to do it California. Part of the year, they're three hours different from us. Part of the year, they're two hours different from us. So there's a lot of math. Really? Involved. Yeah. I'm glad I don't live in Hawaii for that one reason, I think. Um, and the heat. We, we've no, already no, said no, no. I, I would go. do Hawaii in a nap second. I, I'd visit. I'd okay, give it a nice, okay. yeah, I'd give it a nice little week's day. And then once, you know, the uh, the tropical climate got to be a little bit too much, I'd, I, I'd run back to, to Pittsburgh. It'll be... I think that's kind of my relationship with tropical weather is I can give you a week and then afterwards I'm I'm ready to be done. Well, I like to play a game with people where I say, if you could not live in the state in which you currently live mm -hmm. and you had to pick one of the other 49 states, Ooh. which one would you choose to live in? And for me, that is easy, easy, easy. If I was told for purposes of this game that I could no longer live in California, it mm -hmm. would be Hawaii. And then instead of saying hi to everybody, I would just change it to aloha. That would be, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people would choose that. If I had to live anywhere else and I can only pick one, I think it would be one of the New England states. 
like I think Maine would be really nice or Vermont, just some somewhere scenic where I'd get, you know, especially in the fall. I'm sure it would be really pretty in the fall. So I'd probably if I had to pick one, they're probably Maine. Okay, um, you hil- you handle Maine. I'll handle Hawaii. We each define scenic differently, and that's yes. what makes this fun. <laughs> uh, okay, that was fun. I did enjoy that. Um, but people came here to listen to you and I ramble on about football scenarios and whatnot, and playing guessing games, and and what would happen if if X, Y, and Z took place. So I'm gonna. There's a few teams in the NFC specifically that I find really fascinating right now. Um, I, I do want to get, you know, if I told you, let's get in our hot tub time machine real quick. If, if I told you in January, 2024, that the Washington commanders were a wild card team, what would have had to have happened in your mind to make that happen? Well, first of all, I have to figure out when January, 2024 is. And I just realized that's next January. How the yeah, it is. to be almost 2024. Uh, I would not find it surprising. I think the world of Ron Rivera as a head coach mm-hmm. and the change in ownership, which is pending and presumably going to happen very quickly, may give him um, the ability to focus all of his energy and his attention on coaching. For the last number of years, with everything that has been going on with the franchise, he has had to handle so many things that other coaches around the league, you know, to put it mildly, have not had to handle. So he has been the face of the franchise. He has been dealing with all the craziness brought upon the franchise by its almost former owner. So I'm very, very curious to see what happens with the commanders this year. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Ron, let me mix metaphors, hit it out of the park. Yeah. And obviously the biggest question about them is, okay, how good is Sam Howell going to be? Is he going to win this uh, this battle with Jacoby Brissett in camp? I think everybody kind of presumes that he's going to be the favorite. Because um, remember, I mean, going into a couple of drafts ago, he was presumed to be all right, a top five pick. He had a really good season the season prior at North Carolina. Um, his numbers dwindled a little bit his final year in school. But, you know, when you take into context the fact that he lost, you know, his two running backs, a lot of his, his skill position guys, like there was a lot that was kind of going against him in his last year at school. And, you know, I think that context is important uh, when it comes to Sam Howell. His deep ball is incredible. We saw glimpses of that, uh, especially in uh, the game against Dallas in which he started in the final game of the year. So I, I do have high hopes for Sam Howe. Um, what are your thoughts on him uh, going into 2023? Two reactions to what you just said. Um, I know from discussions that I've had with people at the commanders that they think extremely, extremely highly of him. And of course, they get to see him in practice and they get to see him do things that we haven't seen. So that they feel um, that he has so much upside potential speaks very highly about him. And then remember, you're talking to the girl who spent almost 30 years with the Raiders. So the words deep ball are very significant to me, having worked for Al Davis for all of those years. Um, And look, very hard to defend and adds an element to a game that some quarterbacks are not able to add. So um, I'm very, very intrigued to watch him. As I said, the commanders, the people with whom I've spoken to the commanders do feel very, very strongly about him. And we'll see what he can do. That I'm pretty high on uh, Jahan Dotson, uh, the receiver out of Penn State, who had a solid year last year. Had to go through a lot, though. I mean, the the quarterback situation, you know, Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke kind of going back and forth. Uh, But he seems like he's going to have a good year. Plus, you factor in Terry McLaurin. um, Good set of running backs, offensive line that's not too bad. 
I think that the commanders could surprise some people, um, especially with the stability that, you know, you pointed out that Ron Rivera can now focus solely on football, which is a, uh, a welcome change in Washington. Agreed. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't no, no, no. Um, I, I didn't mean to step on you. Um, I agree. I would not be surprised at all to see them, you know, dramatically improved or tremendously improved. The issue, of course, is being in the NFC East. You know, mm. You've got Dallas. You've got Philadelphia. You've got the Giants, which showed improvement. So it's right now a very, very competitive division. Of course, as we know, you play everybody. Everybody plays everyone in the division twice. So maybe you can knock one another off a bit and make some hay in the non-divisional games. Um but, you know, it's it's a tough division right now. It is. Um, and you set me up perfectly because we're going to stick in the NFC East because if I told you that the Giants missed the playoffs this season, you know, coming off of an offseason where they had to figure out, okay, are we going to keep both Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley? They get it figured out. Reports coming out, by the way, yesterday that Daniel Jones initially asked for $47 million a year. That is too many. Um, Excuse me. Kind of choked on my smoothie when I read that. <laughs> It's, I don't dislike Daniel Jones. He seems like a fine guy. Um, but just from a production standpoint last year, I feel like, now I've made this comparison before, I feel like this is similar to the year when Jacksonville went to the AC title game and they brought back Blake Bortles the, the, the following year. I think that they were, they felt kind of trapped. They're like, ah, I mean, we just, you know, we were very close to being a Super Bowl team. I guess we should, you know, we, we got to pay them, I guess. I think that that's kind of where the Giants are right now with Daniel Jones. It's like, oh, well, you know, he didn't he didn't screw things up last year, so I guess we'll bring him back. There's a, I think that there's got to be a line, though, between, well, he didn't screw it up to, okay, but what is his ceiling? And I think we've kind of seen what his ceiling is. It's just kind of being a middle-of-the-road the starter. Um, I don't see it getting – I don't see Daniel Jones lighting the world on fire. So if I told you that the Giants missed the playoffs – would you say, okay, yeah, it's probably because Daniel Jones didn't do anything or maybe he was the one, the reason why they missed the playoffs? Or do you, would you look for, you know, maybe, would you expect it to be for a different reason? Well, three, three reactions to what you said. Um, first, I would not be surprised to see them miss the playoffs this year, um, to use a football analogy in an incorrect manner. I think they might have outkicked their coverage last year. Uh, in other words, you know, but, you know, a win is a win is a win is a win, and however you do it, yay, you won. Um, I just think they might have shown more last year than we're going to see this year. Number two, I'll again say of the Giants um, possibly missing the playoffs, that which I said about Washington, which is it's a tough division, and you got to play, every, you know, you're going to play the Eagles twice and the Cowboys twice and, and Washington twice, the Commanders twice. Um, and the third point is, I'll just react to what you said about Daniel Jones. I tend to agree with everything you said. But the issue also is, and those of your listeners and your followers who know me at all will not be surprised when I say this, if the Giants want to consider moving on from Daniel Jones, they have to first ask themselves the question and answer, and do what? If they say, you know, we really should look about, you know, we really want to move on for Daniel Jones, or maybe we should move on, or we certainly don't want to pay him that much, so we have to yeah. move on, and do what? And if you don't have an answer to and do what that is at least as good as the status quo, if not hopefully better than the status quo, then what are you doing? Well, I mean, depending on how they finish this season, you know, if they are in position to draft a guy, you know, God willing it be, you know, 
if they're in a position to take Caleb Williams and something went terribly wrong. Um, <laughs> or they but, Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, or maybe Drake May, you know, if they finish in the top five or so and, you know, try to move up to take somebody. Or, and this factors into another big situation going on in the NFC right now, if the Arizona Cardinals, who have a new head coach, new front office, if they are as bad as everybody expects them to be, and finish in the top two and want to take Caleb Williams, Drake May. Then we're in a situation where we're going to have teams who need a quarterback that will look at Arizona and say, yeah, we'd take Kyler Murray. And if you're the Giants, I think that Kyler Murray fits what you do right now. Daniel Jones is a, is a mobile athletic guy. Kyler Murray, mobile athletic guy with a huge arm. If you're a team like the Giants who says, yeah, we really need an upgrade here. And the Cardinals just happened to, you know, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, because remember, you know, they drafted Josh Rosen the year prior before taking Kyler Murray, number one overall. It'd be interesting to see that kind of come full circle if it does. You know, if I'm the Giants and I have a, an opportunity in this situation where, okay, Daniel Jones has proven that he's not our franchise guy. Kyler Murray's on the open market. Let's go get him. I think that that's something that could certainly be a possibility. Two comments and with respect to what you said. Um, number one, a lot of it's going to depend on how he heals from the injury and, you know, presuming the best, hoping the best, wishing for him the best, everything you said makes sense, but it'll be interesting to see the progress, how soon he gets back to being Kyler Murray, does the injury hamper him, hamper him considerably, hamper him for a period of time, we don't know that yet. The next response I have, and I want you to accept this with a tremendous love and a and respect with which I share it because I'm smiling ear to ear. It makes me want to cry that you're already talking about next year's draft. Like, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. It's only July, and I'm, I'm being silly in the manner I'm saying this because I get it. The minute this draft was over, there's people, pundits, experts, talking about next year's drafts. And of I'm course, like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, it's July. Let's just talk about I am not ready to talk about next year's draft. I am not your girl for that. Yeah, you know, I'm glad that you said that because every year, as you pointed out, you know, the day after the draft concludes, everybody's like, all right, way too early 2024 mock drafts. My dad will text me like it's clockwork every year. He'll send me one that he sees and he'll say exactly what you just said. And it makes me laugh. So could you tell your dad I love him? And I can do weird, that. Yes, not in a weird, creepy <laughs> way. Because of course I've never met your dad. But tell your dad that he and I were maybe going to be best friends. I'll uh, I'll I'll clip that part of it and I will send it to him and I'll say, hey, Amy Trask says that she that she admires your your mutual love of Haley. Tell him we're new best friends. Tell him okay. that he's my new best friend. I I can do that. I will gladly okay. tell. I'll 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 text Tim Bailey right after this and be like, hey. This is this is what's happening. Okay, hi, um, hi, new best friend. <laughs> I the thing with and you pointed out some things with the Giants as well, but I think a lot of it too with them last year is played a lot of tight games, and this season their schedule is going to be much more difficult than what it was in 2022. And you know, since 1990, you know, it's like clockwork as well, where there's at least four new playoff teams. It's usually more than four. There's got to be four ones from the previous year that'll be cycled out. And I think that the Giants are going to be be one of them simply because of, you know, the schedule that they play, the division in which they play. I just think all those factors are going to be working against them. Well, and, you know, look, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry to be the rain on your parade, although it really isn't a parade and I really don't think I'm raining. <laughs> um, but, you know, we don't know. 
Every yeah. year there's surprises. There are teams that are expected to do well that don't, teams that are expected to just be terrible, that excel. And that is the philosophy on which the league is built. And, you know, let me tell you, I spent 30 years, almost 30 years, sitting in NFL owners meetings. And I know that that's the goal of the league. The goal of the league is that every fan of every team goes into every season believing that his or her team can win it all, goes into every game of every week of every season believing that his or her team can win. Parity is the goal. So the fact is we, you know, I'll quote Al Michaels, nobody knows anything right now sitting here. And by the way, a devastating injury, as you well know, can upend a team immediately. Team, oh, yeah. Week one, you lose your starting quarterback or your left tackle or you're down two corners. You just don't know. And yes, you're talking to the girl who went to law school. So I'm the girl who, when I hear these things, always wants to say, objection, your honor, calls for a hypothetical. Objection, your honor, assumes facts, not in evidence. And by the way, since I'm the lawyer on the phone, on this podcast, I'm also going to be the judge. And I just sustained my objections. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I agree with you in the fact that there will be, there's always a team that surprises. And I think that, you know, when we do these projections and whatnot, I think that a lot of it, people will get angry about, okay, well, our team is just in the playoffs. We're riding this momentum. Well, you know, it's not going to be chalk like it was last year. Like the teams that were in the playoffs in 2022, there's going to be a shakeup in 2023. It happens every year. And every fan will tell you, nope, it's our year 13 and four. That's what's happening. Okay, that's fine. It probably won't, but I admire the fact that you think it will. And that's that's what being a fan is all about at the end of the day. Um, very diplomatic yes yes <laughs> <laughs> um fans speaking of fans that are you know kind of hoping for a, a big leap out of somebody the chicago bears expecting that from justin fields the green bay packers take you know hoping for that with jordan love after taking him the first round a couple years ago um if you had to guess right now which team finishes with the better record the bears or the packers I have no idea. Put that in stone cold <laughs> writing. I have no idea. And and look, Justin Fields did show some exciting things. Um, we'll see if he progresses. We'll see what Jordan can do. Um, you know, to Packer fans who are feeling a little nervous about the change in quarterback, you have had it so good for so many decades. You had yeah. Brett Favre and then you had Aaron Rodgers. And if it takes Jordan Love a little bit of time to get in sync, you know, take a deep breath. But the fact is... I don't look at quarterbacks as the sole or only or dominant um, reason for wins or losses. They are an important part, but there's a lot more that goes into whether or not a team wins and loses. How's your defense? Is your defense holding your opponent on average to less than 17 points? Let's say your defense holds another team to 14 points. Well, guess what? I can do that math. That means your offense only needs to score a point more than 14 and they can win. If your defense has given up 35 points, you're putting a lot more burden on Justin Fields or Jordan Love or any quarterback. So a lot of whether a quarterback does well depends on the defense, obviously depends on protection. The better the offensive line, the better quarterback. And yeah, I'm going to say something a little controversial. Running game, because if you've got a dominant running game, the defense that you're playing has to shut down the run, which leaves open more passing opportunities. Run opens up the pass, pass opens up the run. That's my very long way of not intending to be, you know, 
equivocal, but mm-hmm. to say it's not just about the quarterback in my view. Yeah, and the thing with the like talking about both of these teams at least, like the Bears had, you know, the league's most dominant ground attack last year in large part because their quarterback is so dynamic with his legs. And I think bringing in, you know, the likes of uh, drafting Darnell Wright in the first round, drafting Roshan Johnson to go along with, you know, the, the medley of backs that they currently have, but also trading for DJ Moore. Like they want to be, I think Luke Getze wants to be, you know, a more balanced attack offensively. I don't think he wants his quarterback to have to be, you know, to run for a 70 yard touchdown every game for them to have uh, a snowball's chance in hell of winning. Um, and they also bring in TJ Edwards, Tremaine Emmons on the defensive side of the ball. Jaquan Brisker had a promising rookie year. Would still like to see more from their pass rush. But the Bears, I think, I mean, we talked about surprise teams. I think that if Fields does take a little bit of a leap, and the defense does get better, um, especially in the front seven. They could be one of those surprise teams that goes like nine and eight and squeaks in as the seven seed. I don't disagree with anything you said. <laughs> How about that? that? That's a first, huh? No, it's yeah, not. Yeah, no. I, batting batting a thousand on a take is very rare. So, I mean, I'll <laughs> definitely take it. <laughs> I, Green Bay is fascinating to me, though. Um, because It sure is. Uh, yeah, like. One of my mentors and one of my good friends in the business, Matt Verderam, went to camp. He just did a or went to their OTAs, did a good piece on it. Go read that. It's on Monday Morning Quarterback for anybody listening. Um, and I had him on a show recently, and he's pretty adamant about the Packers being good this year. Uh, he's somebody whose word I value. And if he says it, then it makes me second guess how I think about a team. I think we're going to really find out how valuable Matt LaFleur is this year. Because I think that a lot of people were just saying, oh, we had Aaron Rodgers, chalk that up to Aaron. Well, now we're going to kind of see um, how valuable or invaluable Matt LaFleur is. And I'm excited for him uh, to you know, see what he can put together. I really am as well. I, and I don't know that I'm excited. You know, I, don't, I, I don't wish him any will, ill will, of course. I, I, but I guess it's not that I'm excited for him. The word I would use is I'm fascinated. I am absolutely fascinated to watch the Packers this year for the very reason you stated. You know, Brett Favre all those years, Aaron Rodgers all those years. Now what's going to happen? And you're right. We're going to learn a lot about Matt LaFleur. We're going to learn a lot about other people on that team. I think it's, you know, look, what I'm about to say, this is not mutually exclusive. Fascinated to see what happens with the Packers. And I'm fascinated to see what will happen with Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. That is going to be an exciting situation to watch. To finish out the uh, the NFC North, since we're already here, um, the Vikings seem to be kind of accepting. Like, they seem to have a very, what's the word I'm looking for? Level-headed approach to this season where they understood, okay, we're not going to win 11 one-score games again this year. Kirk Cousins, probably his last year in Minnesota. Um and they've let go of a lot of veterans on the defensive side of the ball. They bring in Brian Flores. So, I mean, I think they have a vision in mind, rebuild the defensive side of the ball with a really good defensive coordinator um, and have an eye toward the future when it comes to who's next in line at quarterback. Kirk will keep them competitive. I mean, obviously him and Justin Jefferson, one of the best duos in the NFL in terms of quarterback and receiver. So they'll, they'll still have fireworks offensively. Um your thoughts on the Vikings? Do you think that they could be a team in the mix um, or are they going to get lost in the shuffle this year? Let's look at it first divisionally. 
because without you know put aside the entirety of the NFC and just focusing on their division I think that division is up for grabs I would not be surprised to see any of those four teams win the division do I think that you'll necessarily get more than one playoff team out of that division no I don't um, but someone's got to win the division and once you win that division and you make the playoffs it's a whole new season so to speak so you know i really i think that division is up for grabs so do i think minnesota has a chance i do green bay i do detroit i absolutely do chicago i do so i think that's going to be one of the most interesting divisions to keep our eyes on the detroit fighting dan campbells are going to be <laughs> an, an interesting case this year obviously they have a lot of had a lot of attention surrounding gambling issues taking place within the facility jameson williams would be gone for the first month and a half of the year uh, but the offensive line, one of the two best in football right now, they draft Jameer Gibbs um, to you know, make up for the loss um, of Jamal Williams, who went to New Orleans. Their offense is going to be fun. I mean, I love Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown. I think defensively they got better in the draft as well. If there was a year that the Lions could put it all together and win the division, it would be this year. They're still, they still seem to be the darlings of the NFL in terms of everybody just wants to see the Lions succeed. Uh, there's an easy bunch to root for. Uh, I think there'll be a playoff team in 2023, barring anything catastrophic. What say you? Well, you just pitched that one slow and easy right over the center of the plate for this girl <laughs> to take a swing and give a giant shout out to her fellow Cal Bear alum, Jared Goff. And <laughs> irrespective of the fact that I am not, I, I don't have any ill will towards the Lions, I'm not a Lions fan. Um, obviously, you know, my career background as to which team for which team I root. Uh, <laughs> but I will always root for my Cal Bear quarterback, Jared Goff, and I wish him the very best. So do I think the Lions have an absolute chance to win that division? I sure do. Am I rooting for Jared Goff to succeed? I sure am. I thought, um, you know, do I understand the Rams passing on moving on from Jared Goff? I didn't like it when they did. I understood why they did. I did not like the way they did. I did not like how Jared learned about it, how it was communicated or not communicated. So yeah, I'm rooting for Jared Goff to succeed. I think everybody is. And after the year that he had last year, I think that he showed like, yeah, I don't think that Jared Goff is, you know, in, in a top 10, top 12 guy. I think that if you give him the pieces though, you give him a good offensive line, time in the pocket, weapons that, you know, can make plays after the catch. He can sit there, he can get the ball to the guys he needs to get the ball to, and he can make things happen and be a guy that you can win with. And happy uh, to see him have success last year. Um, I hope that he has more this this coming season, and I hope that we get to talk a lot more about it this coming season, Amy Trask. I always love our conversations. I always love when you join me. Um, what do you have but coming? You, you, did, you did forget one thing when you were describing Jared Goff. I agree with everything you said. Okay. You forgot to add the fact that he has such a good college education you know, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist. It's a whole. That's okay. I I am a big fan of uh, shouting out alma maters. I'm a very proud Slippery Rock University alum, and I will always shout out Slippery Rock University whenever I can. So I, I appreciate. Then you get me. Then you get. Me. Yes, okay. absolutely. I love joining you. I love joining you. It is such an honor and such a delight, such a pleasure to join you. I love your work. They're always. You know what I love about our conversations. What's that? They're smart conversations. We're having a conversation. Mm. We're not yelling. We're not shouting. We don't have hot takes. We're actually exchanging thoughts in a reasoned and reasonable manner, even though it took us a little bit of time to figure out the time don't change. 
<laughs> well, in a world where yelling at each other across the table seems to be dominating the sports media, it is nice to have nuanced conversation and agreed, agreed, meeting agreed. in the middle. Yeah, and, and you know what? If everybody listening to this just remembers, it's okay to disagree. Disagreement is healthy, but you can disagree agreeably. Disagree agreeably. That should be, I think that's going to be the title of my book. Oh, well, then uh, give me some copyright love, okay? Uh, I can do that. Amy okay. Trask, I always, always love talking to you, and we'll definitely do it again soon. I would love to. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back. Ross Jackson. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.